0: Thank you, Lord. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. There's none that compares to you. There's none like you. There's none like you in all the earth. God, we worship you tonight. The almighty God, the creator of heavens and earth, everything that in them is. We thank you, Lord Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords master of everything Holy Spirit the Holy One the Holy Spirit of God Oh God we worship you in all of your fullness and who you are the greatness of who you are and in all the persons of the Godhead the Trinity you've bestowed upon us everything that we have need of the strength, the power, the wisdom, knowledge. You redeemed our life. You've given us a future and a hope from this place. We worship you and we magnify you. We thank you for that. We thank you that we've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this, such a glorious generation that we live in to be a light in the midst of this world, to be a part of the great harvest of the earth, an awakening and a revival coming upon your people even in this day. God shine on us in such a way that we understand the importance of the day that we live in and that we don't take it Casually, but we begin to join ourselves to you like never before to one another like never before To create as we might say a mighty army of God set forth in this time To do that battle against principalities and powers That we might take ground for the kingdom of God. And in that, that means souls saved into the kingdom of God, bodies healed, people delivered from bondages. God, by the hands of believers, will be bold enough to declare your loving kindness and through that loving kindness bring a display of your mighty power to set people free. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the word. Thank you for redemption. We give you glory. God, move on hearts and lives tonight. Open up doors of utterance that the word might not only come forth, but it might penetrate our hearts to truly bring an awareness, things that we can hear over and over throughout the week, down from within our spirit, that Holy Spirit, you'll take those words and you'll teach us, you'll give us wisdom to apply it every day to our life. That truly we might walk in the light as you are in the light every single day having fellowship with you what a difference in that fellowship that we begin to bring forth the fruit of righteousness that brings praise and glory and honor to your name that is our hope our desire that through our life you are glorified so we give you all the glory all the honor all the praise and all the thanksgiving for what will be accomplished In every heart and every life by your word and by your spirit in Jesus name and everyone who agreed said Amen. Amen. Good evening, church. How are you this evening? Man, it's a great day to be alive a great time to be alive Why don't you greet three or four people around you tell them that you're glad to see them tonight youth you can be dismissed So great to see you all tonight, and uh, man, we're so thankful and uh, grateful. This morning uh, we talked about, uh, and, and it, it was here, Serve Sunday, and the importance of serving and, and uh, thankfulness uh, for all of you that serve and um, uh, make uh, really the vision possible uh, to be seen and to be known, and uh, it's always powerful to understand Uh, the parts uh, the working parts of the local church and uh, You know even within the church community sometimes the church comes under attack and and you know There may be good reason at different times for that Uh, But you know as is really our slogan said, you know on your best day the church needs you But on your worst day you need the church amen and so uh, you know it's so vital To know and to have a local church body. And again, uh, the local church body is just part of the universal church. And sometimes we get that all mixed up and how that works because, you know, we can kind of just lump it all into one thing. But Paul used the body as an analogy uh, that I believe would help us because the body is created in such a way that the members, in particular, that we know of, I mean, they get down to such a minute cellular level that you know, then that, then that individual member, uh, you know, is, is developing or reproducing itself, but the body itself, you know, so, uh, you know, we've used this many times before, but, uh, you know, the body, your body, uh, for the most part, has like a right hand and a left hand, they're members of the body, and each hand, being a member of the body, has members in particular, and aren't you thankful for those members in particular? And even the hands, you know, we said this morning, if you want to know how it is in the body of Christ statistically, just go ahead this week and, and, and wrap up, tape up four of your fingers and just leave one. You know, just, just for sake of argument, uh, there's a particular one you don't want to leave out and work that one all, all week long, you know, just to clarify. But, you know, if you uh, wrapped up four and then just find out, you know, how efficient or how much you didn't realize that you were using, that you ever injured yourself at all. I remember at one time just injuring my pinky and thinking that was no big deal. You know, it was in a a little splint thing. That was no big deal. It's just my pinky, and then I found out through the process of that week and a half how much I actually used my pinky in conjunction with other fingers. It made it difficult to do certain things because my pinky finger is important, even though day to day it doesn't seem like it, so just try taking that and leaving only 20% of your hand to do the work that the rest of your hand normally does, and you'll find a picture of where the body of Christ is today, 20% of the people doing the work. Well, that never would have been intended by God, because he has every member in their place so that he can be glorified, that he can uh, move in the earth, he's an extension in the earth. And so, you know, we we want revival, we want to see uh, supernatural things happen, we want to see some excitement in the church, but it's tough to get excitement when, you know, there's so many spectators and not people really coming and putting their hand to the purpose. So uh, it's just a great opportunity that we have, and we're so thankful for everybody who serves within uh, the local church. But, you know, a local church is a member of the body, it has members in particular. So we think, you know, well, I can just do whatever, I'm a member of the body, but how often has your little finger uh, just decided, you know, I'm a member of your body, and if I want to, I'll just go uh, attach myself to the foot because I like the foot better. I mean, you, the hand, you make me be out here in the cold in the winter. At least the foot has, you know, on a sock and a shoe, and it's warmer there. And so I like the comfort of that better. So I'll just, your body doesn't do that. Right, And there's some differences, but Paul uses that analogy so we'll understand how important it is to recognize where God's placed us and the functioning of that. And so we shared that this morning and, and just really, really very important as we grasp it, as we understand it. Because really we're in a time and a season where the body coming together, finding uh, their place uh, in the generation that we live in. Because the body of Christ and local churches are incredibly important right now, in the day that we live in. And uh, uh, how many of you believe the day is approaching that Jesus is coming back, Right. right? And so the writer of Hebrews said don't ever forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. In other words, during that time, as we see the end approaching, the manner of some will be like, yeah, I don't need to fellowship. I'm too busy. But he says, don't fall into the manner of some. It's even more important now, the gathering together, the building up of one another, the equipping of the saints to be able to go out in day-to-day life and live out and, and really do the work of serving others in that, So uh, just so vitally important and we're so thankful for everybody who participated in that today giving people an opportunity to see what's available in the local church and how they can really serve one another and as we said today we'll look at it a little bit as we look into Ephesians that you know as we grow in the body of Christ so often we think well why we really need to be reaching out but it, even in that 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 analogy of the community, the church, the coming together, which was what the church is, the ecclesia or ecclesia, the coming together to really govern and understand. So we come together to be a governing force, a strong body, so that, or a community together, right? Governing our lives according to the word of God, so that as we grow strong, we affect the surrounding communities as we go out. But if we're weak, the surrounding communities will affect us, right? The things of the surrounding communities will start to creep into the church and weaken the church if the church doesn't know how to serve and build itself up in the love of God. And so uh, it's incredibly important to outreach and evangelism Right? Not to become inward, that we bite and devour one another and just examine one another, but we serve one another in love. We build one another up, that the whole body might become strong and grow and begin then to affect the surrounding communities. Well, how does that happen? Well, you, you grow, you have many more resources, you have many more feet on the ground so to speak as you go out into the workplace into the you know the day and so really if we understood it in a greater measure not only this church but the the local churches and what God's called them to do uh, if we looked at it we actually cover the valley probably there's believers in almost every single walk of life throughout our valley which mean God has placed lights in all sorts of businesses, neighborhoods, uh, uh, recreation events out there, but the lights need to be shining. How do they they get bright and shining? We learn uh, uh, that in relationship to others, and we have a bold understanding of who we are in Christ, and so we're not shrinking back when we're out there, but we're bold to live it, right? And when we're bold to live it, we can be bold to speak about it. So we don't want to be intimidated by the people out there when he sends us, the people at work, the people around us. We don't want to be intimidated by them, put our light under a bushel so we can look like them. But we look different because we like the life that we now live by faith in the Son of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So anyway, that's all free. Just uh, uh, serve Sunday. I I get excited about it because I, I see the greater potential. I believe I see the plan of God in that and uh, how we come together to affect the community in a greater manner and uh, the ability that it gives us as we build each other up and edify one another. just want to bring this to your attention. Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock, somebody, or 6.30, somebody say Tuesday morning at 6.30. All right, this is for men. Men, we're having a small group, Tuesday morning 6.30, right down there in uh, the youth room. Tim Hudson's going to be leading it. It's, uh, this, they're going to be going through this curriculum. Uh, X, multiply your God-given potential men you have god-given potential that's not yet unlocked and so you want to go at 6 30 you want to get involved in this curriculum you'll have fellowship with other men uh, but really uh, you'll start to see man i got some things that haven't even been opened up yet uh, that god still wants to bring out in my life so six thirty tuesday morning down at the youth groom uh, ruth youth groom youth room and uh praise the lord we're going to see uh, some Great results from that. I want to also let you know uh, about, I'm not sure what date, do we have uh, the uh, Predictable Success slide? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing this on him. What? June 17th, June 17th Predictable Success, Alan Wolf. Uh, again, I believe it's down in the youth room, and you want to get involved in that uh, Predictable Success. And uh, there's so many principles that he'll use that he's applied over time. but. You know, when we look at the, not but, but and, you know, when you look at the word of God, it's so full of predictable success. As believers, we're wandering around like, when's God going to do something, whatever. But he always gives us predictable success. If you'll do these things, then this will happen. If you develop these things, then you will never stumble. If you meditate on the word day and night and observe to do it, then you'll make your way prosperous. It's all predictable success. Where we find that we're not successful, we left out a part of what God said, and then we're like, we're trying to succeed, but we've left that. we're trying to cut corners. But he says, when you apply it in this way, you are guaranteed of an outcome and success. So you want to go to that and, and, and learn about that. And then July 14th and 15th, our Stand Tall Men's Conference, John P. put out a challenge to you men to go onto the app and register with him today. Why he waited till today, I don't know, but he decided he's waited, so he would challenge you to jump on there with him on the app, uh, sign up uh, for that. We're gonna have a great time with Addison Bevere. Then the following day, uh, here at uh, church service, Addison will be with us, and that is gonna be uh, an awesome, awesome time. So that's our announcements. If you weren't here, Oh, tomorrow is team appreciation night. So yeah, combined with our our serve Sunday, we have so many people who serve. And so tomorrow night, we have team appreciation night. So if you're a part of a team serving here, uh, even if you just signed up this morning and said, I'm going to be a part of that team, we want you to come tomorrow night. We want to appreciate you, the work that you've done. We're going to have some things that we... just express to you we're going to have some uh, fun we're going to have uh, uh, some treats so we just want you to come we want to be able to tell you how much we appreciate you and your service here and making the vision happened all right so if you weren't here this morning you weren't prepared with your local church ties and offerings I want to give you an opportunity to give if you're making a check make it out to new creation church if you're given by cash or debit or credit card raise your hand the ushers will give you an envelope you can give by text up there as Alan always says we're so thankful for your generosity it makes it possible for us to reach out today in the jail uh, a, a gentleman rededicated his life to the Lord and so we've seen many <laughs> lives change many people uh, uh, Rededicate or give their life to the Lord in the jail ministry. We're seeing people affected in the extended table on Tuesday night, where we're we're ministering to the homeless on Tuesday night. Uh, there's things going on uh, at the honor camp that we support up there above Rifle. So we do things, local missions, as it were, outside. Of the local church and there's ministry going forth from this place uh, to all age groups and we couldn't do it without your generosity uh, without uh, that part of giving so we appreciate that we pray that this will be a year of restoration for you a year of uh, uh, plenty and overflow that God's blessing will overtake you I believe that there's turning point moments coming your way that as you've been faithful there's a culmination of things that will will bring a watershed moment and uh, Some of those things you know it's just about grasping like last week we had a testimony from eileen and she said when i heard about restoration when i heard about jubilee when i heard about those things she said my heart just grabbed it And boy, she listed all these things that have been restored over this year. And so there is something you can go, okay, well, whenever the watershed moment happens, it happens. But if you know that, you know what, there's been streams of God working in your life, I mean, it's good to just grab a hold of that and say, I'm ready. I'm ready for the waters to rise. I'm ready for an outpouring of God's Spirit in my life in areas that watershed moment a turning point moment i'm looking for some moments in time where significant change begins to take place by the power of god and so he said all those things to it to us and if he said it he'll do it but you know god's doing a lot of things uh, right now that people aren't realizing they're just looking at something else a lot of people are looking at what's not happening instead of what's is happening. A lot of people are just looking, you know, inwardly at themselves and how they emotionally feel instead of looking at what God's done for them. And all the while, God is doing great things. God's doing good things because that's who he is. He's always that way. He didn't change his mind. He didn't change his action. He didn't change his purpose. And uh, as we keep our focus on that, man, we'll just see things happen. We'll see God's hand working in many different things where the natural eye cannot see it. The natural eye would just go, Man alive, if this is God working, who needs it? But no, the enemy's working to kill, steal, and destroy. But God is working to keep you alive, keep you productive, and bring fruit from it that will say, The one who came to destroy your life, I will overcome and I will destroy his works. For Jesus came and was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Right. so he's still doing it so the enemy comes to still kill, and steal, kill and destroy things in your life but as the destroyer Jesus said I came to destroy his work against you so he's at work right now where the enemy might be working God has already done the work Jesus has come to break the power of the enemy and watch something come really good out of what the enemy intended for bad You just have to set your hope in him. Amen. How that got into the offering, I don't know. But let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise you for every good and perfect gift that comes down from you. The Father of lights in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. We thank you that you have already planned of your own will to do good to each and every person. So we declare even tonight as we enter into this covenant giving, God that we command the blessings of the word of God upon each one. We do declare that you supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians. uh, Just the second chapter uh, to start off with here. We're going to jump into the third chapter before too long, but we have... Uh, really gotten into Ephesians. Once again, when we look at Ephesians, we're blessed to have Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians. Uh, uh, you know, we have the letters uh, from Paul to Timothy and Titus. We have uh, James writing to the church at Jerusalem, Peter writing to the church at Jerusalem, right? We have Thess- uh, the Thessalonian uh, letters. So we have all of these that we can really put together. But again, to understand that Paul was writing to local bodies of believers he when he he talked about the church he knew that there was the church universal but he was writing to the church and you know we just finished a team of uh, of us went to turkey and then we went on a a tour of the seven churches of revelation and really we didn't see the seven churches of revelation i don't know if you you know people are going to go to to observe the seven churches well actually you know there wasn't really a church building you know in pergamos that we got to go see oh there was the church but we went to Pergamos, where that church was. And a lot of the tour was the tour guide explaining to us the culture of Pergamos, right? The culture of Philadelphia, where it was set, the culture of Ephesus at the day that the church was being established, so that we could understand as Jesus visited those churches and began to address those churches about certain things that they were doing, but other certain things that they were falling into, that they were explaining to us, this is why Jesus wrote this, because the culture of the day was trying to enforce itself upon that local church. And so where we are as a local church is important, the community that we live in, the culture that surrounds us, and how we take the culture of the kingdom of God, how we take the word of God, how we take the new birth and who we are in Christ and begin to apply that to our life in the culture that we live in and not allow the culture to dominate, but the life in Christ to dominate so that the church can be a light in the world. And so as we read it, we're putting it all together and and, and we're able, if we understand a little bit, to say, wow, this is how in our day and in our time we put these principles to practice right here in our local church for our community, right? So they were gathering together. They were isolated. They weren't, as we said from the very beginning, they weren't in a democracy. The church at Ephesus wasn't raised up out of a principle that was in society that said, you know, Jesus is Lord. The Bible is really the foundation that we should live by. We're blessed that we live in a country no matter what you think about it, that our forefathers came, and they really came and launched out because of a revival that had taken place. And they saw this revival, and they wanted to serve God. But the king had said, there's only one religion. There's only one way that you're going to worship under the king's church. And they said, no, we got to be free to worship God. And they came here, and they looked at it, and they read the New Testament, and they saw that we are free in Christ, that there's gifts and there's callings within people. And if we established a nation on this basis, that every person is created equal, everyone has gifts and talents, and if we could do that freely unto God and serve one another, It would build such a dynamic nation and kingdom on godly principles serving Jesus Christ. And that's how they came. And they said, man, if we'd serve one another out of our gifts and everybody had an opportunity to develop from their gifts things that would meet the needs of other people, they would participate together. It would make a strong nation. And so our nation has been developing over that and became the greatest nation in the world. Until people came in and said, well, we should look at some of these other nations who are failing and see if we can be like them. What? So we're looking at it almost in a, a mirror or reverse image. But the church at Ephesus, <clears throat> they, were, they were raised up out of religion, Gnosticism, uh, Paganism, uh, a dead religion. Judaism was always coming in and trying to influence right? The, the cause of Christ. So they were always embattled, and, and they were not the, the predominant force in the community. So in, in their isolation of who they were, Paul was instructing them how to encourage one another, how to understand who they were, no matter what religious force tried to pull them out, to join together, to know who they were in Christ. Why? they were living why they were coming together so even in the beginning he said listen i know where you're at i know who i am i know the purpose that god called me to and there's an eternal purpose that god had which is fellowship with mankind close intimate personal fellowship that you didn't know about as gentiles you thought only the jews could have but through jesus christ he redeemed you he bought your life out of sin and because he redeemed you he forgave you because he forgave you he accepted you in the beloved. Isn't that awesome? He said, that's why we're gathered together. That's why you all come together as a church body, knowing that even though we're Gentiles, now we are in the kingdom of God. We're loved and we're accepted, we're forgiven. Even today, we may say, well, yeah, I already knew that. But, but you don't. When, when we get pulled away by the world, when we get influenced, when, when we decide Sunday's my church day, but every other day I'm free to do whatever I want, then we don't know that yet. It hasn't been so impressed upon us. When we fall back to our old way of life or we think, you know, I'm going to live in the flesh a little bit, but I'm just going to do enough to feel okay about myself. No, there's something bigger than that, being affected, knowing I was redeemed. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. And that's a good thing, because being my own really meant I wasn't my own. I was a slave of Adam's sin, but Jesus bought me, and now I became a slave of Jesus Christ, which is a good thing, not a bad thing, because... The one that I'm under, my Lord and my Master, actually is my Creator. And so, Him being my Master sets me free to be everything He called me to be. And where I was once outside, and was unable by myself, he purchased me by his own precious blood. And all the mistakes that I ever made against him and against others, he washed and he cleansed and he forgave me. So now I have a brand new start. I don't have to look back and say, what a terrible person I am. I don't have to give place to my emotions. of woe is me. How could I ever do it? No, I've been washed. I've been cleansed. I've been forgiven. Well, I don't ever feel accepted. I always feel rejected. Well, you're accepted in the Beloved. Jesus embraced you, and He accepted. Well, I feel like people in the church just don't accept me, but they do accept you. I mean, you just need to get over it. Well, say so you don't know how people rejected me. Well, you're, you know, if you look for rejection, you'll find it. I don't even look for it, and sometimes I find it. Right? There's plenty of people to reject you. There's plenty of people to make you feel rejected. So that's why we need to know Jesus accepted me. Jesus paid the price for me. Because if you don't accept me, you know, that might hurt a little bit. But in the whole scope of things, it's not going to derail me. Because I'm accepted by Jesus. You didn't pay one ounce of your blood for me, so I'm sorry if you don't accept me. But the one who paid for my life has accepted me. So my confidence is in him, not in you. Right? So we're coming to a place of understanding that, understanding with a boldness of that, right? So that when, when we feel rejected, we run to him. So our feelings don't begin to dominate us, but the knowledge of him begins to dominate us. I got a big rounding, yes, amen. Most of the time we're like, don't be touching my feelings now. You don't know how I feel. Well, Jesus does. He was touched with all the feelings of your infirmities. And he was tempted in every point like as we are, yet without sin. Well, how did he do that without sin? Because he knew he was accepted by God. He had a call of God. He was appointed and anointed of God. And so when he was despised and rejected of men, he still accomplished the will of God for man. Pretty amazing. And so then Paul said, because of this, I pray for you. I pray for you that you'll have wisdom and revelation to know him more intimately and personally. To know that he is your provider, that he is your power, that he is your strength, and he's given you authority. That Jesus has risen far above all principality. He's defeated the enemy And he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. And when he sat down in him, you sat down right at the right hand of majesty on high. Above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. And you become, when you accept him, enveloped in his church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills Everything, everywhere. In other words, he said, Listen, I'm gonna take my church and I'm gonna start bringing them into myself. And then I'm gonna, once they're in me, I'm gonna move them into all kinds of areas of the community and business and stuff. And I'm gonna fill areas with myself and my presence. How am I gonna do that? Through members of my body moving into areas of community. And revival will spark when people know I'm in Christ in this place of business. I'm in Christ in this place in my community. I'm in Christ wherever wherever God's put me to work. And because I'm in Christ in that place, light has the potential to break out. Healing has a potential to break out. Salvation for some have potential to break out. Because I'm in him, his body, but he plans on filling everything everywhere with himself. How's he going to do that? Because we're in him and he's in us. We're part of him. So we're not to draw back and say, man, I wish I had another job somewhere else. These people are sinners. This is a dark place where God called me to work. He called you to work there because it's a dark place. And it needs some light. Say, but I get wore out working there. That's why the church is important. I mean, we have good enough worship. But if you have a rough day at work and you come in and leave it at the door and just raise your hands and start to participate, that stuff will just start to fall off and you'll have hope for the next week. Like, praise the Lord, just because I'm ready to go back in there and be a light. And by Wednesday, you might feel like you just got knocked down and your light snuffed out. But praise the Lord, Sunday you can raise your hands. And over a process of time, you're going to go and find out, man, my life light didn't get snuffed out till Thursday, till Friday, till. Well, wait a minute. Saturday, I'm not even at work. All week, I made it as a light in the midst of people. So he said, listen, I want you to understand that. And I want you to understand. Well, we're going into chapter 2. He said, I want you to understand that we were all dead in our trespassing and sin. So you're not so different from the people that you now work with. Man, those people that I work with. No, they're dead just like you were dead, just like I was dead in trespasses and sins. He said, they're just following the course of this world, directed by the prince of the power of the air. Why? Because Adam's disobedience gave him place to set the course and work in their life. But see, now we're different. Now we're different. We're no longer directed by that force because god right he said we were all once that way once that way once that way so when we go into that place we're like i understand you i understand where you're at i was there once i know we like to go i was never that bad but you were apart from god therefore you were yeah but i never would have done what they're doing yeah but you were apart from god the reason that they're doing what they're doing is because they don't know any better they're apart from God. They're being driven by an unseen force that they don't know what's driving them. They don't know why they're thinking that. They're giving place to evil thoughts. They're giving place to, to, to language and thoughts that being, that's just being driven at them. They don't know what else to do. You were that way. In some way, I was that way in some way. But thank God, somebody, somebody who knew Jesus, somebody who went to church, prayed for me. Ministered to me the Holy Spirit made me aware of the fact that even though I'd been in church all my life I had never accepted Jesus. I wasn't saved So even as a young person I was going the way of the world I just felt driven how am I how I man? if I don't do what everybody else does I'm gonna be an outcast I just you know just go with the flow fit in try to do that I'm doing stuff my parents taught me not to do why just I feel driven by a force and then all of a sudden I realized my God I've been going to church all my life. I'm not saved. Man, that was a point in my life, not not going to church. Thank God for church. I had Bible lessons that helped me understand. But the Spirit of God touched my spirit one night in a youth group meeting to tell me, you're not saved. You've never accepted me. That's why you're having a tough time. That day I accepted him. I'm like, man, something just changed on the inside of me. There's something dynamic that changed on the inside of me. I know church, I know how to sing a hymn, I know how to go to church, I know a a Bible lesson, but when I said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, because I'm not saved, something changed on the inside. What was that? Well, he came in. So I no longer have to be driven by all that acceptance in the course of the world, but I could be moved by the Holy Spirit in the kingdom of God. He said, we were all once that way, but God, who is rich in mercy... Because of, and in order to satisfy his great love for us, sent Jesus to die for us. By grace, you've been saved. You didn't do anything for it, couldn't have, by grace you were saved. He said, listen, by this grace, he came, and it was amazing to change our life. And in that, he recreated you, and he said, listen, you no longer have to follow that course and end up doing things that are just unfitting, unfruitful, that they are temporary, they'll fade away. He said, I've ordained for you to do good works that are according to my eternal purpose. Then he goes on to say, listen, you keep being told that you're not of the commonwealth, that you're not of the Jewish religion, but God engrafted you. God brought the Gentiles even into the kingdom of God. Amen. And so, uh, really, that we are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for good works. He said he recreated you. You are a new creation. And that new creation created you to do good works, to live out your life, to put your hand to things that would benefit people for the kingdom of God. You weren't born again just to wait until you go to heaven. You were born again. You were recreated. Born anew in Christ, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. And now everything is of God who reconciled us to himself that now we're a new creation. We need to see that. You say, I know that. Do you know that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? How do you see yourself when you're looking at the day, when you're looking at people in your day? Are you looking at yourself, comparing yourself to them? Or are you looking and saying, I'm a new creation in Christ? I'm not living that way. I'm not talking that way. I'm not reacting that way anymore because Jesus lives on the inside of me. God, give me wisdom and knowledge and understanding how I take what's been done for me, put it together today in my life. How does what, how does me being a new creation even come together with what I face today? Because some people know what they're facing today. They're like, man, I'm facing today. I'm facing bills. I'm facing work. I'm facing people at work. I'm facing my boss today. And we prepare ourselves in the flesh. Like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for a fight. I'm ready to deal with this. Which is what? A lack of understanding how to deal with it. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we need understanding. We need to ask for spiritual understanding. How does my new life in Christ, how do I put that together with what I'm going to face today? And when you're like, hmm, I see how that's supposed to. Now I need wisdom. I need wisdom to apply it. When I run into that situation, help me apply the word of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God to what I'm going to face today so that I'm an overcomer, right? So that we show forth what? His life, his power, his strength, his wisdom, his knowledge, that people scratch their head and say, how can you be doing that in the midst of this? How can you know that? You even astound yourself when they ask that question. You're like, I don't know. I would like to say, pretty cool, huh? But I know that just came to me by the Holy Ghost. And I might not be able to tell you that right now, it'd blow your mind. But at least if I'm aware of it, then I know tomorrow he'll give me something the next day until I really know how that's working, and I can help somebody else know how that works. Right? So when Paul prayed for them for wisdom and revelation, understanding, there was something vital to how we put this together so that we face adversity. Anybody know that you face adversity? Anybody here ever faced adversity? Three of us. The rest of you, I'm pretty sure you're lying, and so you're facing adversity right now. The enemy's saying, don't raise your hand. That's a bad confession. Well, you don't even have to confess it. Adversity will come whether you confess it or not. What you want to say is, listen, man, when adversity comes, my helper, the Holy Spirit, will help me understand exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it, right? So we're not separated from God, but we're joined to him. We're not put out just because we're not circumcised, but our heart's been circumcised by the the blood of jesus right it's it's been really brought into a a new place and so uh here in chapter three he starts something that's really he says for this reason i paul the prisoner of christ jesus for you gentiles once again he says listen uh uh, where i'm at right now in opening this door god's called me to you and uh i'm in the will of god right not everybody's going to go to prison uh in the will of god but Paul went to prison. He was in the will of God. He said, if indeed, verse 2, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. He said, God called me to steward the message of grace to the Gentiles. That's what he said. He said, God called me to dispense or to steward or to be a minister Of this gospel of grace because it's so important for us to know right that we're not going back to Judaism we're not going back to the celebrations we're not going back to the day right again you know not to get in in the weeds too much but you know uh, we know in the Old Testament uh, that that he says you know uh, keep the Sabbath holy And so people are trying to say, well, you missed it. But he goes in and he talks to the Gentile church and he says, let no one judge you concerning the Sabbaths. What is Sabbath? Sabbath, the actual translation for Sabbath isn't Saturday. It's a day of rest, a day of worshiping God, a day of putting God first. So I do have a a thought for you, not that... The Sabbath is Saturday because everybody could have a different Sabbath. But you need to have one. And if it's Sunday, make it a Sabbath. A day where you rest and you worship God. Not a day where you go to work. Because God said, You need a day. I created you. And being like me, I worked six days and I rested a day. Right? So he said there's a day. Some people say, well, we're not supposed to do anything. We come to church and work. Well, listen, if you just study the Bible, uh, Jesus didn't just lay in bed on the Sabbath day because he always was being contended for being out there At church, healing people on the Sabbath. So he must have been amongst people and at church, worshiping God, and then doing something that they didn't like. But why was he healing people? To show them a particular aspect of what he was about to do for them was holy. See, they saw healing as a work of the physician. So they said, the physician can't work on on Sabbath. And so they were saying, you can't heal on the Sabbath if you're a physician. He said, wait, I'm not a physician. I'm showing you that healing is holy to God. And he said, even on the Sabbath, you can set your donkey to water so it, it lives. So why are you so upset that this daughter of Abraham was healed on the Sabbath if you'd let your donkey go? Isn't she more precious and the work of God in her life more holy than you making sure your donkey lives? So even in the Gentile church, we're like, we don't have to keep the Sabbath holy. He said, you need a Sabbath. He said, don't let anybody judge you on the day of your Sabbath, but you need a Sabbath. You need a time when you rest and worship God and put him first and foremost. All right. Praise the Lord. You'll find out your week will become extra productive with a nice Sunday afternoon nap. (laughs) All right, let's go on. Ah, It's a dispensation of grace. Amen. It's been given to Paul. Verse 3. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already. In other words, the grace of God. How they had been set free. How they were engrafted into God's family even without the law. He had briefly told them. Verse 4. By which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. "...as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets." So he just said, you know what, you're built on the foundation of the church, which the preaching and the ministry of the apostles and the prophet is your very foundation. What the prophets have said of old, what the apostles are confirming, that Jesus was that which was prophesied, and Jesus is the very cornerstone of the foundation of his church. He's already said that, and he said, now, all these things are coming together, and even though they preach them, even though Jesus said this before he was departed, he said, there's many things that I should or I need to tell you you, but I can't tell you right now because you're not able to bear them. I forget who wrote it. Mark Hankins quotes this. uh, uh, um, Maybe somebody knows who he's quoting, but he said he believes that the letters of Paul are the words unuttered by Christ before he left the earth. In other words, he said, I have so many things to tell you, but I can't tell you. But when you're born again and the Holy Spirit has come, I'll reveal the mystery unto you. And so these, these letters have revelation that even Jesus didn't speak about. Colossians says, in the fullness of time, Jesus came. So there was an appointed time for Jesus to come and bring salvation so that the mystery hidden from the ages could be revealed. And then Colossians tells us what is the mystery that was hidden from the ages. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Paul said... I am a minister that you might get this, not through the law, but through this thing that was hidden. Everybody thinking, I've got to earn this, I've got to do this. He said, the dispensation of grace, the favor of God, the ability of God, the the influence of the Spirit of God, not what you do, but what God did for you in Christ Jesus might be unveiled, that every single person, Jew and Greek, slave and free, every person could come to the knowledge that when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, All the old things are broken. You enter into a newness of life, and that newness of life is full of him. So you should be full of it. The spirit of the living God. Full to overflowing, not full of your old memories, not full of who you used to be, not full of the good old days, but full of the knowledge of who we are in Christ, overwhelming so when somebody says, you don't fit in, you've not done enough, you just say, listen, I don't care whether you think I've done enough or whether I fit in. He fit me in. And I may not have attained to everything I'm going to, but this one thing I do, I forget what's behind me, and I'm pressing towards the understanding and the mark of being like Jesus. Not of my own power, but of his. So listen, there's a divine purpose in this. He said, this is the mystery that I'm preaching, that God's told me to preach. You can't earn it. Jesus did it. But when you accept what Jesus did, he's not a far off somewhere. That your hope of experiencing the presence of, and the glory, and the splendor, and the power of God comes from Christ being in you. And yet we know that, and how many times are we looking out here? I know that, but I need something out here. And he said, there's a greater revelation, that you are a carrier of the things that you think you need. There are people that need it out here because they don't know him yet. But we're in him and he's in us. And we get to experience it on many levels and many facets. Verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Of which I became a minister or a servant according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his mighty power. He said, even the ministry that I have is not something I conjured up or I made happen. The ministry that I have to you came from God's grace. I didn't earn it. I didn't didn't plan it out. God came and he met me, and he bestowed it upon me, and now it is my duty to be a steward of it. That's what he's saying. Aren't you thankful that he did? He goes on to say, To me who am less than the least of all saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now listen, if he said he's the least of the least and God could give him a ministry to declare the unsearchable riches of Christ, then if he's the least of the least, that means you're not the bottom of the barrel. He could do something with you. God could bring grace into your life to help somebody where they thought, you know what? I'll never make it. I could never be there. It's not even worth searching after. My life is in such a place. He said, I could grace you to go to them and explain the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. You could do it. Well, I don't know enough. I I don't think if you know him, you know enough. All right, verse 9, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. What is the fellowship of the mystery? Man, we all have Christ in us. There's great fellowship. There's a great joining together in heaven and in earth. And when you understand the mystery of what Christ did, bringing his body together, Jew and Greek, Gentile, all together, he said there's a divine plan. And we can start to make known the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Why? To this intent, that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Somebody said, by, by the church. The manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church to principalities and powers in heavenly places. See, in that day, there was a lot of paganism, a lot of, you know, the deities and all that. They know everything. They know all that. And if they don't know it, it can't be known. And Paul said, listen, you might think that angels and everything are so much better. But God put angels out to serve sons of righteousness. And we make known, not just the demonic, but angelic principalities, we make known the wisdom of God. What do you mean? What God did in Christ... Far exceeds any damage done by Adam's fall. Where we were once alienated and outside, God drew us in. And when He drew us in, He didn't just draw us in by ourselves, He fit us into something that is universal, it's eternal. And when we begin to live in that, we make known to those principalities and powers listen, we are undefeatable. You might come against us, but we are undefeatable because we are in Christ. Well, how'd that happen you you've messed up too much in that something the wisdom of god how it looked like the enemy had everything all wrapped up and then jesus came and what looked like the end the enemy had always killed the prophets and shut their voice down and he thought if i just kill this jesus we'll be on to the next but something supernatural happened when he killed jesus god raised him from the dead and when he raised from the dead In the flesh, he conquered sin that had destroyed flesh. When he raised up, he raised up everybody to a brand new potential in him. And joined us together in him. So that every principality and every power that we would wrestle against, that thought it could always win, once we know that, we make known to them how smart God was in sending Jesus. Because now we're free from their hold it's time for the church to rise up and say we ain't like the world no we're not like we used to be and we're not even looking back to the good old days we're not even reminiscing about the good old days I I was given a, a, a somebody asked me a question that allowed me to give a slight testimony And while I was giving a testimony of a place that I had been in my life, I I literally, instead of like, oh yeah, I remember that clearly, I felt like, and in reality I was, I felt like I was talking about a totally different person in a different time, in a different age. It was so foreign to me that I had actually, uh, somebody like me had lived that way. And after I told them, I thought, I am so thankful That is not who I am. And I don't yearn for that one bit. I don't yearn for it one bit. And I've experienced standing around people who once intimidated me because of the course of this world that I stand and I've seen the light of God intimidate them. There's dynamic change that takes place. And when you realize that, you can go out into the world with a little bit more boldness. See, in the church, we're all looking at light. Light, light, light. When we go out into the world, we shouldn't let the darkness intimidate us. Here I am. What don't you see that you'd like a little light on? They're like, don't shine any light on that. You're like, I'm trying not to, but it's just too bright. Right? Even to the principalities and powers. By the church, he's making known the manifold wisdom of God. i sure he found that on the web. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. Amen. In heavenly places. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus in whom we have boldness and access said so it was all according to the eternal purpose that he said from the beginning then he goes into another prayer isn't this interesting in the letter that he tells them who they are in christ and he says i pray that you'd know this and the power of this and then he says listen we're going to make known to the principalities and powers and rulers in the air the manifold wisdom of god in bringing the church together and for this reason of this manifold wisdom of god this amazing grace that's been brought on you this conjunction that you have Christ in you, you in Christ, I pray for you. I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Man, he said, listen, Jesus is the Father of the whole family in heaven and earth, and I pray this, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. In other words, he says, we're going to make known to the principalities and powers, you're going to need strength, not just simply strength, strong might. He said, in your inner man by the Spirit of God. If you're going to show principalities and powers the light, you're going to need to show it from the inside coming out, not trying to get the outside in. Strength with mighty power in your inner man. Do you know that you have strength, mighty power, dunamis power, right? Right? energizing power working on the inside of you. If the spirit of God lives in you, man, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. How many of you think it it took a little energy to raise Jesus from the dead? Took a little power. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and quickens, energizes, makes alive your mortal body. Alive under Christ. So Paul said, I pray. I pray that you wouldn't be subdued by the things of the world, but you'd make known. You wouldn't be subdued by principalities and powers, but, but, but you'd have strength in your inner man to rise up and make known to them the wisdom of God. What is the wisdom of God? Christ in you. So the strength to prove that is from the inside out. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, we're out of time. We'll have to finish this prayer next, next week, next time. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We thank you for your word. It's truth in its life. We thank you that every time we open it, we have the opportunity to receive revelation for our life. Revelation of what you're saying to us, revelation of what you've done in us. And with that revelation, by the Spirit of God, you bring spiritual understanding. When you bring spiritual understanding, then you bring wisdom of application, that this word might become life to us every day. Not something we're just trying to live up to, but something we are able to live by the power of God. And in doing so, we join together with you as your church to make known to principalities and powers your wisdom, your wisdom in sending Jesus to the earth raising him up that the church might exist in power demonstration and holiness to reach out to this generation we thank you for it I ask you to deal with every heart in life stir each and every one to read to get into your word this this week to look into these scriptures that we've talked about and when they do bring revelation to them bring inspiration bring wisdom and understanding, that they truly might apply it to day-to-day life and see the victory of it. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand up? Say this we go, what God did in Christ Jesus? Jesus. Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? Yeah. By Adam's fall. can be dismissed. Make it a great week.